Hey, y'all. It's your favorite Fantastic Fusion back for another episode. We just wanted to remind you guys that we're still doing our 25 review campaign. And if you leave a review on Apple Podcasts, we will release episode zero. Book of Yes. (laughs) (laughs) It feels like a sci-fi. And if you're like... And if you're like, bro, what the fuck is episode Like, what does that mean? Okay, so essentially, before we started the Color Pages Book Club, we recorded our first ever episode by just kind of doing a quick episode on Octavia Butler's like short yes. story, uh, Book of Martha. So we like recorded that just to kind of see if we were like, you know, be into the whole like Color Pages Book Club thing. And so, yeah, like, like Aqua mentioned, if we get to 25 ratings and reviews, we will release that episode. And it'll just Woo. be a, a completely bonus episode. It's not going to take the place of our usual schedule. It'll just be nope. an additional thing that you all can enjoy. And speaking of which, Akko, <laughs> I actually, um, <laughs> she has an update. So, <laughs> so at the time of this recording, we have 17 reviews on Apple Podcasts. So we're like just eight away to getting to that 25 point. But um, oh, yeah, there was actually true. someone who left a really cute review just a couple days ago. And I actually wanted to read it on the air because it, it just really like touched me. And I was like, wow, this is like actually really beautiful. Like, oh my God. So... <laughs> so it was written by someone with the username Rose B43, and the title of it was "I Love This Podcast" with an exclamation point. And I was Ooh. like, <laughs> "Rose, thank you so much." But the <laughs> review reads: "I was searching for magical realism and a specific book, and in parentheses it says Himele Ahilo, which <laughs> shout out to that. Check out episodes seven and eight yeah. if you are not familiar. I was searching for magical realism in a specific book, Himele Ahilo, and I'm so glad I found the Color Pages Book Club." The interview with Rika Aoki was excellent and fun to listen to. Marcy and Akko have a dynamic style of interviewing, which made listening feel like I was in a living room and joining in on the discussion. What? It made my car ride fly by, and I got to where I was going with a big smile on my face. Looking forward to more episodes. So to that, I just wanted to say thank you so much. It literally, like, it, like, really touched me that that you left this review like uh, like on that day i was doing i don't know i was doing like some like podcast like website stuff and like all, which you know these color pages are Kerm, if you're unfamiliar with our website um and you know like like a podcast like it's a beautiful project like i love this platform but also you know sometimes it too it's like a lot of work and so i was just it was just one of those days where i was like oh my god there's just so much to do and i like got on apple podcast and saw this review and i was like damn this is so sweet so yeah. just i wanted to personally thank you for leaving that it was so and nice and then marcy told me and i was so mm-hmm moved we have fun me and marzi obviously just have fun doing this with each other but hearing that you guys like hearing us i mean it motivates us to want to do more so thank you rose it helps to spread the word and everything so yes i hope where you were going was fun too where because you were driving the car i hope maybe it was a a wedding date perhaps (laughs) okay okay come on segue (laughs) come on transition (laughs) yes god (laughs) but yes but yeah so it was really really touching thank you so much and yes everyone else hopefully y'all can get like rose and leave us a little something on apple Podcasts, just reflecting your honest views and who knows if you leave a little review we might actually read it on the air so just wanted to just wanted to uh, just uh, leave that little seed but um yes so let's actually move on to like aqua mentioned part two of our discussion of the wedding day hi i'm marcy and i'm aqua and i'm tracy And welcome to the Color Pages Book Club, a bi-weekly podcast that focuses on fiction, fantasy, and 
Magical Realism, written by writers from colorful backgrounds. Yeah, colorful backgrounds. And today, your favorite fusion is back with a special guest, Tracy from the Stacks. And we will be discussing the second part of The Wedding Date by Jasmine Guillory, a romantic novel featuring an interracial couple, Alex and Drew. Um, (laughs) Oh, boy. (laughs) Have so many thoughts and feelings. We have a lot of thoughts. So many. But before we get into that, let's introduce Tracy. Hi, Tracy. Hi. We are so grateful to have you on. We really, really appreciate it. And we just want to have our listeners hear a little bit more about you. Okay. Well, thank you guys for asking me to come on. I'm so glad we were able to do this. Mm-hmm. I am Tracy Thomas. I'm the host of the Stacks podcast. It's a podcast also about books. And basically the way the show works is that I have guests come on, we talk about their reading life, and then we read a book together and we discuss it on the future episode. And then we also do some mini episodes that I call the short stacks where we interview authors about their books. And those are usually new releases. And it's just kind of an excuse to talk about life but we use the frame Mm. of reading and books oh my gosh i love that when did you get started with the stacks so i started the stacks in april 2018 so we Mm -hmm. just turned two years old so i'm in my third season now oh my god happy birthday (laughs) 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 yeah april 1st is our second birthday got you got you that's amazing. That's amazing. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Wonderful. Wonderful. And what made you want to start the Stacks podcast? Do you know what? That's such a good question. The answer that I always give is that I read this book called Blood in the Water, which is a nonfiction book about the Attica prison uprising. And I really wanted to huh. talk about it with someone mm-hmm. and no one that I knew had read it. And so mm-hmm. then I went into my podcast app and was looking around and like typed in the author and typed in the book title and only two things came up. One Mm -hmm. was like a super intellectual, like the New Yorker or something discussion of the book. And then the other one was like a lawyer, law school-y type podcast. And I was like, I want a podcast of people talking about the books that I like to read, but in a fun way that's not like I am awarding you a Pulitzer Prize. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Got you. <laughs> so I basically kind of just created a podcast that I felt like filled in because I like to read a lot of nonfiction and I like to read a lot of books about race and, and politics. And I feel like that sphere is usually inhabited by kind of like an intellectual, I'm using air quotes, space. Mm. (laughs) And while I don't think that I'm an idiot, I also don't think that I'm an intellectual. So I kind of wanted to find a way to talk about these books in a more like approachable way. Gotcha. I feel like, Marcy, that's very similar to some of our reasons. Because we were thinking like, when we were in school, you're like, you know, sometimes you go through school and you're like, you feel like reading is something so like unobtainable for the common right. person. Mm-hmm. And it feels like, oh, I, I I don't know. It's like art when you're in, in an art museum and you're like, I don't know if I don't understand the art or if it's bad. <laughs> and it's almost this sort of like weird academia pedagogy that makes you feel a little stupid. So yeah, that's cool. I love that you're doing that as well. That's cool. When did you guys start your podcast? So... Oh I guess we also are kind of experiencing a recent anniversary. So our first episode came out, I want to say it was March 13th of 2019. So we're slightly older than a year at this point. But the development of it was, I mean, certainly for a couple of months, like at least from like that August of like August of like 2018, we kind of started conversations about it. And like, yeah, like a lot of the reasons that you listed were exactly why we started our podcast. Like we were just like... 
We want to make literature and books and like the discussion of all those things, like just more accessible, like fun, just like lighthearted. And like, I mean, and also too, like there's like real things to talk about as well. But I think that our ultimate goal is, yeah, just to make it like an accessible medium and like fun and like lit. So that was kind of like our thinking behind it too. So yeah, so we are going strong. Like it's been a little more than a year, which is wild. Cause I remember Akko and I were like, you know, like if we can make it to like 10 episodes, like I think that's like a victory. Like, I think that's like so late if we can make it to 10 episodes. And now I guess this will be the 33rd episode with yeah. you. And so it's like, it's something that honestly, I'm like, I'm I'm good. I'm chilling. I'm good to just keep doing this. Like this is a great mode of expression, like super fun. And it's a great way to, yeah, like meet people like you who are just like super interesting. So yeah, yeah it's definitely something that I'm super, super grateful for. I love that. Tracy, I also wanted to ask, how has it been? How has the journey been for two years but three seasons what was kind of the lows what have been the highs you know what i think the biggest shock for me or the thing that's been most surprising is that i still really love doing it Mm. i thought that i would burn out i thought that it would be Ah. something that i wouldn't want to be doing anymore when i started it i didn't really have a vision of like what will this be in 2020 Um, I kind of had like some ideas of what I wanted the show to turn into. And I wrote out a bucket list of some authors that I would love to have on the podcast. And it's been crazy because I've been able to have almost all of them on the show. And so that's been really special for me. And I've been able to meet them, some of them in person, others of them, you know, over Skype. And that's been really powerful. But also just like the people that I've met through the Bookstagram community on Instagram and the people who listen Mm -hmm. to the show and give me feedback and... I do a virtual book club with people who are part of my Patreon, where we Mm. talk about whatever the book is on video chat. And that's like something that I really, really Mm. love. And then as far as the lows, you know, there haven't been as many lows as I would think. I mean, one of the most terrifyingly embarrassing and just horrible moments, which was actually remedied very quickly, was that I had recorded (laughs) an episode over the phone with an author, Crystal Hana Kim, and Mm -hmm. she and then my episode got deleted from my computer and I had already like announced her and this whole thing. And so then I had to kind of like email her back and be like, can we do it again? And she was like, of course. And she's one of the most lovely humans. But in the Uh, moment, that was really terrifying. Oh, my God. So, yeah, I mean, mostly I would say like of all this whole experience, it's been like 95% amazing. And then there's sometimes where it's like I'm reading a book that I just don't really like and I don't want to finish. Mm-hmm. Or I'm in the middle of recording an episode and I realize that I don't particularly care for the guest mm-hmm. or what they're saying. <laughs> or like I, I'm sitting there and I'm going, oh my God, they say um so much. I'm going to have to edit out so much dead space and I oh this episode's due up tomorrow. You know, things like that. But right. <laughs> honestly, it's all like that's part of the challenge. So the truth is, and I know that sounds super corny, but but there really hasn't been too too many lows. Mm. That's great. Got you. Got you. That's yeah. dope. Yeah. Like that's, <laughs> I mean, that's amazing that like, it's just been such a great way to like meet so many different types of people. And the fact that you've like crossed off so many people on your bucket list, like that is like uh, literally goals. Like I'm like, that is amazing. Mm. So. Oh my God, you just have to ask. That's what I found out. 
Mm-hmm. But the book world, like if you just ask, people are really generous and kind. And the truth is that authors want to reach more readers. Like, so they're mm-hmm. really receptive. Mm-hmm. And sometimes, you know, like I've been big times before. Like, here's a good story. When I I was really trying to get Ta-Nehisi Coates to do the podcast for his oh new book, right? Which is like a oh, huge, wow. huge ask. And I was like, I don't know if this is going to happen. But I kept emailing and I didn't hear back from anybody. And I was like, this is so rude. Like, they're totally big timing me. Like, they could at least respond and be like, he's not available. And then like when the book came out, the day it came out, it was announced that it was going to be on Oprah's book club. And I felt so much better because I thought they just hated me. But I was like, okay, it's Oprah. Like, I guess that's fine. That's (laughs) Right. No, that is so real. So he's still on my bucket list. Yeah. And honestly, I mean... I very much still think it's possible. And like what you said is so real because like even for us, like we've we've interviewed a good amount of authors as well. And it's been like such it's been so weird because at first like making the show, we were like, I mean, we could just I mean, we could just like email and just like see what happens. But yeah, like people do like respond and like are down. It's it's really interesting. Yeah. So yeah. And it's it's also nice too because I feel like our listeners, like for the two of us, I, or at least for me, I was kind of nervous about like the interview episodes oh, just so kind of sound very different from our typical book club episodes. So I was like, are mm. people going to be interested? But people like really are into they it. Like, like them. people yeah. appreciate kind of hearing more about like like the creative process, and it just kind of humanizes people more. It just makes it more like right. okay, down to earth. Like these are just people, right? So yeah. yeah. And I like that you're saying what you're saying about not knowing entirely where something's going to go when you start. I think that's really cool because when you're and this is kind of for our listeners, too, if you have a creative endeavor and you're not entirely sure, you know, you're not even entirely sure you love the idea of it when you start it. You know, it, that's OK. <laughs> like, it's that's mm-hmm. OK. You might surprise yourself just by trying. So that's really cool, too. Mm. Yeah, I love that. I love that. So yes. we can. Wait, but before we, oh my God, I had so much, a great transition ready, but you know, that's fine. <laughs> <laughs> I have a question. Amazing. What so, is cool um, As the readers know, sometimes I just have a question I ask Marcy. So Tracy, today my question is, since we were reading a rom-com of a type, if you could design a rom Com, a romantic comedy like Hitch or When Harry Met Sally or all the other ones, what would be your plot? Oh my gosh, this is so hard because I love rom-com movies. Like I love them and I've seen like all of them. So I don't really know that I have one. I mean, maybe there's another rom-com that you could set like in a book podcast world or something, you know, like two hosts or something like oh. that. Ooh. But I just feel like they're all the same, you know, boy meets girl (laughs) or boy meets boy or whatever. And Mm. they like each other and then they don't want to like each other and then they like each other. (laughs) (laughs) And then they have a beautiful wedding and all their friends are hot. The end. Right. That's (laughs) pretty much the formula. Like, I'm like, would there be a way to have a rom-com where like, you know, maybe things don't work out, but it's like a graceful end i don't know like i'm like oh interesting no so let me tell you something i'm giving you a hard no because back in february i had i did an interview with this woman named leah koch she's the owner Mm -hmm. of an all romance bookstore in la and one of the rules at least for romantic Mm -hmm. novels one of the rules to categorize what a romance is is that it has two things one is that the love story is central to the plot so like if you remove the love story there's no book basically and then the other 
their category is that it has to have a happy ending. And the happy ending can't just be like, it didn't work out for us. And we both went on to have great careers. That's not a happy ending. It has to be (laughs) that they end up somehow together. So they don't have to get married. They don't have to have a baby, but they have to end the book as a couple. That is so wow. Uh, Huh. I didn't know that either, but she told me. That is really interesting because, and we'll get into this, but like reading this book, like that was the thing that I was like, I would read it and I'm like, like, I I felt like the other characters, like I wanted to learn more about them. Like I was like, I kind of want to see more of their lives independent of this relationship. But when you put it in that perspective, it's kind of like, well, yeah, I mean, I guess, I mean, there, I mean, it succeeded in that way that like Drew and Alexis' relationship was so central to like literally everything happening. Like it was just like, (laughs) like Maddie and Theo and all, like all of them. It's like, if they weren't a thing, like what would even be their characters right. honestly Their lives. um that's but yeah. true interesting interesting okay marcy what would your what would your plot be um i would say oh you know i had so much time to think about this and yet here i am like <laughs> without a full response but i would say just off the dome like i would love to see like a polyamorous rom-com or like a romantic Fine. novel i'm not sure i'm sure that that's like i'm sure that exists i just like haven't necessarily personally come across it and i would love sort of a story of people who like maybe has some kind of history and maybe like maybe from childhood or perhaps like, you know, like oh, okay. early adulthood or something. They kind of like are disconnected for whatever reason, maybe just like life circumstances, there was a falling out or something. And then there's like some kind of like reconnection of sorts. Like I like the idea of mm. like people who have a lot of history together coming together and like kind of exploring this new dimension of their relationship with one another as they kind of re get to know one another. And especially if you have like say three or more parties, I feel like that could be like a really interesting kind of dynamic. So interesting. Yeah. Kind of top of mind of me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I feel like we're, we're mining some good storybooks ideas here. We could listen. Make a whole... <laughs> <laughs> what about you? My plot here it goes. I think in this, this gig economy age, right. An Uber, lift love story you know someone gets in the back of someone else's car they're driving shenaniganery (laughs) ensues all of a sudden it's we're driving around maybe we gotta pick up some more people maybe it's a zombie apocalypse i don't know let's add stuff in here it's so and then somehow well i guess i I can't get too far from the love story right so then i don't know something Mm -hmm. about the love is very central Mm -hmm. and in the end they're very happy (laughs) yes god (laughs) so that would be mine (laughs) Got you, got you. I feel like we should fuse our stories together and just have a lit like thing happening because these uh, these all sound very interesting. <laughs> but yes, well, thank you so much, Tracy. So we're gonna take a little bit of a break, and when we get back, Akko and I are gonna do a quick plot summary of part two of the Wedding Date by Jasmine Guillory, and then afterwards, Tracy will rejoin us for an overall discussion. So yes, so we'll see y'all in a bit. So, yes. So, Tracy will actually be rejoining us for the discussion part of this episode. But Akko and I wanted to do a quick plot summary of the rest of this book, just so y'all kind of like have the context before going into the discussion. And so, I will preface this by saying we're going to try to be as non-shady as possible. Like, we're really, like, we're really going to try to not be shady. Try like, that that's, hard. that's just like my personal goal. But like, I mean, we'll see if we reach it. But like, that's what we're aiming for. Mm. 
So we basically read up to chapter 13 in the last episode. And up until that point, essentially the skinny of it is there are two people in California. There's a woman named Alexa and a man named Drew that meet in this like hotel elevator. And like they like, I guess, hit it off, whatever. Drew's going to a wedding and he like doesn't have a date for it. And so like he kind of just asks Alexa, Alexa to go with him. And like she poses like as his girlfriend and like she like meets all his friends, like blah, 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 whatever, whatever. And so then what started off is just kind of like, a, oh, like this is like, my fake girlfriend for this wedding. Actually turns into like real chemistry and so the two basically start to kind of like see one another alexa lives in berkeley california drew lives in los angeles and so they kind of do this like every weekend like one comes to the other city the other person's city and they just like hang out and have sex and like whatever whatever i'm not like a huge fan of their relationship for like a lot of reasons like there's a lot of shit that's just like a mess and if you want to hear more about that check out part one but that's (laughs) basically where we left off i think the last thing that like literally happened was i think a did Alexa go to Los Angeles and then come back? I think that's what happened. I think she yeah. visited him. Yeah, yeah, boom. Okay. So basically, so we jump back. And so starting from chapter 13, um, we jump back. And Alexa's like OD hype about having just a romping good time in Los Angeles. <laughs> um, so like they basically just had a, like a weekend where they were just fucking and just playing around and whatever. So she comes back. She's like super hype, whatever, whatever, boom. And mind you, at work, um, Alexa, again, is the chief of staff for the mayor of Berkeley. And so they're trying to work on this proposal where Alexa is basically proposing a kind of like an arts rehabilitation program for marginalized youth. Essentially, it would kind of like take youth who've like had some sort of intersection with like the carceral state and basically kind of introduce them to different like artistic programs in the community. Um, just kind of like be like like an artistic investment in this population of youth. So, like, they're talking about that at work, and, you know, the mayor basically approves her proposal. And so, Alexa texts Drew about it. And mind you, Drew and Alexa kind of had some beef about this program, because Drew was like, don't you think you're just, like, rewarding, like, right. delinquent youth for, like, I don't know, like, like with art? And then Alexa had to be like... No. That was probably the widest thing you could ever could have said. But then they had sex, so it was fine. Like, it's not like they actually have to talk about their issues. It was fine. Like, yeah. they just they just had sex. It was cool. Sorry. Sorry. I know I said I was going to be... Okay. I'm, okay. I'm, let me not be shady. <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm really... Oh, okay. Um, what was it? Yes. So Alexa texts Drew about it. And Drew's like, oh my God, like, that's amazing. Like, so great. And then Alexa's like, wow, Drew's like so supportive. Like, I texted him about my art program and he said something like perfunctory and nice. And I was like, okay, um, cool. So next scene, mind you, up to this point, Alexa and Drew, like, are feeling each other, but like, there hasn't been like an actual discussion of like what the relationship is. And so Alexa later grabs drinks with her friend Maddie. You know, they're chatting, whatever, whatever. And then Maddie basically asks, like, oh, like, are you and Drew together? And she was like, well, no. And then Maddie also asks, like, do you know if Drew's sleeping with someone else? And she was like, no. And so the next day, so Drew back in Los Angeles at this point, he's like a pediatrician at a hospital. I thought he was a surgeon. Huh? I thought he was a pediatric. That's well, it. I, 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 I think he, he might be a pediatric whatever uh, <laughs> so drew's at the hospital yeah. and so alexa texts him and is like hey are you sleeping with somebody else and drew just like gave this like this weird ass response like he was like oh like not at the moment lol and then like alexa was like okay what about after work are you just gonna be fucking somebody and he was like not today because like i have a baseball game and like alexa's like <laughs> okay i really hate this motherfucker so much at the same time i was like this could have been a funny joke I guess, like, I'm not sure I completely understand Alexa's anger because I don't know how their relationship works because I know nothing about how the two of them interact with each other. Like, I don't know right. if they're sarcastic by nature to each other or not. And so I don't know if, like, I, I, I don't know. Like, I'm just like, I guess right. that could have like, been like, funny, but I don't like, know. I, like, I guess... <laughs> 
like, like I guess we're mad now. Yeah. And also, I mean, that's a great point. I mean, because yeah, they spend a lot of time together, but um, I mean, I really don't know what either of their personalities really are like. It just seems like they just get together and just have sex, and that's just kind of um that. So unclear what their banter is, but Alexa got OD mad. Like she was like pissed. She was like, well, like, you know, you can just stay fucking whoever you fucking and it's cool because like I could just be in Berkeley, bitch, and like whatever, like right. I'm, I'm just gonna work for the bear, like blah, 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 blah. <laughs> like it was just kinda like, oh shit. So then like Drew was like, Oh, um, like I'm sorry, like it was a joke, like LOL. And then Alexa was like, Bro, like fuck this bitch, bro. And so <laughs> they're like, yes, I guess yeah. they're over now. Um and so Alexa's like, I am heartbroken, and I'm like Okay, does that mean this book is in sooner? Because if so, drama board. Mercy was like, do I got to keep reading? <laughs> <laughs> but then I was looking at the rest of the pages. I was like, I feel like you're not over it. Like, I feel like you're not done because there's just a lot of more words that I am forced to read now. Um, <laughs> so whatever. Um, I guess we got close, but whatever. So they're like over. They're done. Whatever. Alexa's like pissed. And then Drew's also like super pissed. Mind you, quick aside. Drew like has this thing where like whenever things go poorly with him and Alexa, he'll just like show up to work the next day and just be like hella pissed, like literally yeah. throwing shit around. And like he has a friend named Carlos Ibarra who like he will pretty much like cuss out and be super... What'd you say? Carlos is very understanding. Yeah. Like, honestly, like, he's just like, like, Drew just acts like a child, honestly. Like, he'll just go to work and just be, like, super fucking pissed and just, like, rude as fuck to everybody. So that's what Drew was doing. He was like, oh, my God, I can't believe I lost Alexa. Like, but it's fine. I'll just find someone else. Like, I'll just find something else. And it's just kind of like, or you could, I, I don't know. I feel like anyone here could just communicate. But whatever. Um. So a week passes and no one talks to each other because pride and then out of nowhere because I guess the plot demands it. So Theo, who is Alexa's work husband in Berkeley, is having like a, is it his birthday? I think it's a birthday. Yeah, yeah, he's having yeah. a birthday party at a bar. And so um, Alexa was like, oh shit, like I completely forgot, like fuck. And then Theo was like, it's fine. And I'm like, is it it's fine? It just seems like fine. <laughs> I mean, it just seems like everyone's like coffee. abandoning their other relationships for one yeah. another. Like Alexa's like kind of being a shitty friend as is Drew. Doesn't Theo bring Alexa coffee and donuts like every day? Like every day. <laughs> Literally. And then I'm not saying that like he's a great guy for like listening to her problems. Like, you know, when you're friends is reciprocity and you listen to each other's problems. But like mm-hmm. Theo had a whole birthday. It's not like he didn't have a, he had a whole birthday party. You just <laughs> forgot. Like I'm sure he sent you like a text message or something. Like This isn't. I don't know. Anyway. Right. Anyway, so basically, yeah, so Alexa's like, fuck, I totally forgot about your birthday. And Theo's like, it's fine. Subtext, it's not fine, but Also, whatever. do you have to tell him that? Like, you didn't miss it. Right. So just Couldn't you have go. been, like, slick about it? Been like, oh, yeah, girl, like, I was going to be there. Like, I don't know, whatever. Anyway, so basically, Theo's having party, whatever, boom. So, meanwhile, in the hospital in Los Angeles, Drew and Carlos Ibata are, like, talking and Carlos is, you know, trying to be a friend and like, hey, Drew, like, what happened? Like, blah, blah, blah. And then Drew's like, I don't want to talk about it. Like, get the fuck out of my face. Like, fuck you. Like, da, 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 da. And then Carlos is like, just, I guess, stomaching all this abuse. Um, and then it's like, oh, hey, by the way, um, we're going to a conference in San Francisco this weekend. So, yeah. So San Francisco is where Alexa lives. So Drew's like, fuck. And then, like, I was like, bro, how do you forget a whole con? Whatever. Right. Anyway, so they go to this conference. It's not really that interesting. Whatever. So at one point, Carlos and Drew leave the conference and they go to a bar just to, like, hang out. Whoop, whoop, whoop. They, like, befriend like the bartender who cares whatever so basically at one point drew goes to the bathroom and comes back and of course runs into alexa and theo at like theo's party and it's just kind of like okay and so like maddie's there who's like you know alexa's friend theo obviously alexa and like other hoes and like drew literally just like slides in like he literally just like walks up to them and he's like yeah. hey alexa and then alexa's like hey and then like they just like immediately just 
pick up where they left off as if right. nothing happened. And like Theo and Maddie just like walk off and they're just like, oh, like whatever, boom. And then at one point, like Alexa had left Drew to like talk to them, I guess. And like Theo, I think like put his arm around her shoulder or something. And then like Drew was like, oh my God, like, are they seeing each other? And I was just like, why do you trust okay. her? Like, why do you just not trust her? Like, why do you, right. like, wh- what like what reason has she given you to not trust her like this? Like I just I think you just don't trust also and respect. Women. You are the one who doesn't wanna be in a monogamous relationship. So Oh and I promise you I'm actually really glad you mentioned that because mind you while all this is happening, while Drew has the temerity to be in his feelings, this bitch also is like, Oh yeah, like I need to break it off with Alexa. Like right. we need to break up because like this isn't gonna work. Because Drew, I guess, has a tendency, like he thinks he's gonna fuck up a relationship. And so he's mad that Alexa is hanging out with her friend Theo, like weirdly feeling jealous about that. Mind you, after not communicating with her and also having full intentions of breaking up with her like in like the near future. So I just don't understand how Drew stomachs all of this in the same brain, but here we are. So yeah, so they... <laughs> so everyone's partying, whatever, and then Drew and Alexa are like, well, I guess we're back together, so let's have sex. And it was just kind of like, but y'all didn't really talk about... Nope. That thing, like y'all didn't really... Yep. What? And so, Zero but things. later that weekend, I guess, like, Alexa was like, oh, like, I don't want to seem too much. Like, I don't, like, like I kind of want to bring up what happened, yeah. but like, I don't want to seem like too much. And I'm like, it's not too much, too though, because it literally let y'all not talking for a week, but okay, sis, whatever. And so yeah. at one point, they kind of have this brief exchange where Alexa's like, you know, are you sleeping with somebody else? And then Drew was like, no. And then Alexa was like, okay, cool, like, whatever. And then Drew was like, yeah, like, as long as this thing is going on, like, I'm not sleeping with somebody else, like, whatever, whatever. And then Alexa was like, wait, what do you mean by like, as long as this thing is going on? Like, is this just like a thing to you? Like, is it just like, like, it's just like an ephemeral thing. And then like, but of course she didn't say any of this. She was just like, oh, like, I'll just like say nothing. But like, yeah. kind of spiral about it later. And I'm like, you know, you're an adult. Like, you can be like, oh, this is what I want. And these are my boundaries. And those are my And you see that a lot in this book. Like, the two of them will think things about each other, but both of them... I guess we see it more so from Alexa's perspective, like, we'll just not say anything. Like, they're just like, oh, like, you know, Drew's not really even into relationships like that. Like, I shouldn't even get myself caught up. Like, I can't be catching feelings. Like, da-da-da-da-da-da-da. But it's like, y'all didn't, like, but no one is really updated on anything. Like, no one has yeah. really, like, literally no one has talked about anything. And it's weird, too, because they spend so much time together. And I'm like, what y'all be talking about if y'all don't, whatever. Also, you're, like, plane flights aren't cheap. And y'all are flying down to see each other like every like i could understand if y'all lived in the apartment complex over and so you weren't talking to each other because it's very easy to get from one place to another but you're never on the plane to san francisco like opening up the delta like safety pamphlet (laughs) and thinking like (laughs) what you want from your life like mother like motherfuckers going through tsa weekly to see each other i'm like that don't read as like some casual shit to me bro okay exactly it's not 1994 where you can just run to the airport and get on a plane you gotta go through right sit there there's delays like it's not a joke like y'all are purchasing the tickets the same week and that's how you know these motherfuckers got money or whatever anyway so what's i gonna say um oh yeah so i guess they start seeing each other again alexa goes down to la the next weekend they like go on amusement parks have sex whatever whatever we're just gonna skip all that drew is still like oh i need to break up with alexa but like isn't saying anything when alexa gets back to berkeley like the mayor or like not the mayor but like one of the other council people i guess is like trying to fight alexa's like art initiative but like the book doesn't really flesh out on that and like the characters kind of stop talking about it and so like we didn't like i mean i didn't really give a fuck it seems like they didn't really give a fuck either so we just moving on 
I guess. Um, so I guess there's like turmoil and like slight buildup with Alexa's like art program, I guess. So anyway, that same weekend, um, Drew actually came to Berkeley, but Alexa had to do hella work. So they didn't really do anything. Like they just kind of like Alexa would just work on the couch and Drew would just kind of like watch TV. And they were, but they were right. just like together. And it was just so special because they were just like silent, but like, you know, like spending time together. And it was just like so meaningful. And it's just like, okay, like, that was, like, like a, fuck. A really good, um, <laughs> good where they could like talked about right. things. But it's fine. It just seemed like the, the, there's a lot of empty space, but whatever. So anyway, so Drew goes back to LA. And at this point, like they can't see each other for two weeks because like Alexa had like, OD community meetings about this like art program and then Drew I don't know was like on call or something so they can't see each other for two weeks isn't one of the kids his the kid he's taking care of have cancer and that's like so we find that out after the fact like he like he wasn't gonna be able to go up anyway but it was just like that was so they can't see each other for two weeks and everyone's being like super emotional about it and like it's like a lie um and yeah like so like Alka mentioned like during that two-week period like drew went to work and there's this kid named jack who like he's like loki is like drew's like favorite patient basically Mm. and drew and um jack has leukemia and so like that's really emotional he's like really upset about that and so Drew, despite the fact that, you know, I, I think at this point, like, like it was like a Tuesday. He was going to see Alexa on Friday, but like this thing oh, with Jack yeah. happened that Tuesday. So he was like, you know what? Fuck it. And so instead of just, you know, like, I, I understand that that's a very, like a really emotional thing. But like, instead of just, I don't know, talking to his best friend, Carlos Ibado, who apparently they're best friends or like talking to, I don't know, like his family or his other friends. He literally flies to Berkeley, just unannounced as fuck, just rolls up, calls Alexa and is like, hey, are you inside? And she's like, yeah. And he's like, okay, cool. Rings the doorbell and like, like he comes inside. And I guess while they're together, this is supposed to be like the part where they have like an emotionally touching scene where like like drew talks about like how he's like so upset about the whole thing with jack and then like alexa had met jack previously um when they first started dating um so she was like really hung up about it and they're just like eating pizza and drinking wine whatever um and then drew asks like alexa about like the art program and then alexa's like wow like this man just like real like he just like he asked me about my program like he asked me about the program and I'm like, this is not worth, okay, whatever. So, so basically, um, so Alexa's like really just like giving Drew all the points for that. And so Alexa, this like, okay, um, I'm, I'm trying to like fix my attitude, but this part actually really annoyed me. So basically Alexa feels really drawn to this art program that she's developing just because when she was a teen. So Alexa has an older sister named Olivia. I don't know how far apart they are in age, but they're fairly close in age. That's who she came to visit. That's how this whole plot. I know we haven't seen her since the beginning of the book, but. That's oh, yeah. She was like, Olivia, we, we saw like briefly when like Alexa saw her um like in her hotel room and then basically like. She's like, bro, I met this bitch in the elevator. She's like, oh, shit. And then we literally never heard from Olivia again. (laughs) So she brings up Olivia. And she's like, hey, like, you know, when Olivia and I were teen, when we were younger, like, you know, she was like my role model. Like, I looked up to her for everything. And when Olivia was, you know, in early early adolescence, like, she kind of, like, you know, started, like, experimenting with, like, weed and, like, you know, alcohol and stuff. And, like, she and her friends had, like, they, like, robbed their school or something and got caught. And so, like, you know, the police were called and they were arrested. And so Olivia at the time, like, there was, like, a similar arts program in their community in in the bay area where olivia rather than like having to serve time for that like just like had to be part of this arts program and that kind of like was a really pivotal program for her it kind of like switched her trajectory and like right now olivia just made partner like at this like new york city law firm and so she's like yeah like you know the program was really impactful for olivia and i saw that like this was really good for her but at the same time alexa judged the shit out of olivia when Mm. all this happened like she was like like she like criticized the fuck out of her like she like never let her live it down and so that kind of like started a rift in their relationship Relationship, what you knew was a thing, but the book didn't really flesh that out because I guess sex scenes with Drew were more important than that. I actually think this is one of the more like 
meaty her talk about her sister and their past like this is like substantive and i actually feel like it was moderately well built up because they tell you at the beginning there's some riff but she doesn't want to talk about it and and when it's your fault it makes sense that she was like let's just smooth over it like we're good now we're friends right. now so i thought her and her talking about her sister was deep drew's response is not yeah but anyway sorry and that's the thing i'm not saying that like that like that story itself lacks substance but i think it for me it fell a little flat just because like you said we don't really know olivia that well yeah. it's like we just kind of we met her at the very beginning and then she was just sort of like and you see her again at the end which aqua will get into but like i don't know it just felt like no, kind of right. like i would have yeah but anyway so like and so the thing is like this program is very personal to her like alexa really cares about this because she sees it as a way of like like an apology, like a redemption towards her right. sister who she was so shitty to, who she never really formally apologized to about how she treated her when they were younger. And so Drew was like, oh my God, yo, that's crazy. Because like when I was a teen, I would do shit like that all the time. Like I like literally once, like I like put the principal's car on top of the school as like a Which prank how? and like someone caught me, but they just yeah. winked and let me kept doing it. And it was totally fine. Like, I don't see why Olivia didn't have the same experience. And then Alexa was like, but you're also a white guy. So people are going to just interact with you differently and like you know whatever and then like drew was like you know like i wanted to think that that wasn't true but you know it might be true and i'm just like bro this is so level one right now like are you you literally went to med school you can't understand this concept are you kidding me um like you know when you're like starting a video game and then they're like push x to jump and they like give this is where drew is right now like drew is literally <laughs> how to use the controllers on his ps4 exactly and meanwhile alexis fighting the final boss right. alone mind <laughs> you because drew just cannot get it together so he's like oh my god that's crazy and then like when alexa said that he was like you know i just didn't know what to say like i just didn't want to say the wrong thing and i'm like yeah because the worst part about racism is saying the wrong thing that is like the absolute worst that it can get for you drew but okay girl so anyway so they like kind of talk about it but not really and drew like yeah. it has a really sh- shitty response all he manages to say is like you know i think you should talk to olivia about this program i think it would mean a lot to her if she knew sort of like what you were doing and like why you're doing it and alexa was like yeah like i would think about it and the thing is like i don't know alexa was really nervous about telling drew any of this because she was like and I guess she was just like, I don't want to bring up race too much. And I was just kind of like, I think, Alexa, I think you just need to, like, be with someone else. But, okay. So, anyway, they have sex, which we'll skip over. And then Drew goes back to L.A. Right. And so now, like, you know, there's, like, a buildup of feelings. Because, like, they're like, oh, my God, like, we had a deep conversation. Like, this is crazy. And so then at this point, Alexa goes to Los Angeles that coming weekend. And from there, Aka will take the rest. Right, yeah. So, sorry, I'm just like thinking about it. I'm like, yeah, Drew really didn't. He try. I mean, I'm thinking maybe because we're hearing their inner monologues. I'm like, God, y'all are really annoying. And I'm like, am I that annoying in my own head? I have questions. But anyway, I mean, maybe I don't know. I don't know, girl. <laughs> <laughs> Probably not. But anyway, probably not. I I doubt it. So then, Drew and Alexa are going to Drew's ex's party, Heather, because their friend group doesn't make any sense I, i'm not because like he goes to this wedding of his supposed best friend that he never talks to it's not carlos it's what is what's his name evan we never we literally was it J- no we knew his name it was oh my god it was molly and i thought it was evan it justin been, it could have started with a j sure, was it, sure. But Jack? We, wouldn't, we wouldn't know because he's not around anymore he's not at this party know. either we'll call him evan <laughs> we'll call him evan <laughs> So Evan's irrelevant because he's not here. So anyway, Heather and all her friends are tall and blonde and Alexa is self-conscious. And so 
there's this like subplot with this guy named Mike who tried to ask where Alexa's from, which is not a question. I, I don't really know if black Americans get that very often as a question. I, right. Yeah, but he's like, where are you from from? And it's like, what? What are you, do you want me to I was to really thrown off by that slavery? question. I was <laughs> like, <laughs> it's like, I'm from Berkeley, girl. Like, I don't yeah, know. Like, what do you want me to tell you? I don't know. Like, in 16, what, like, what the hell? Anyway, so, um, so she was like, cool. And then Alexa, for some reason, bonds with Heather, Lucy, Robin, and Emma, who were a bunch of girls that Drew dated and then broke up with. And then, they're kind of like, well, you know, he like always curves girls in the end. He doesn't really date them. And then she was like, I found out the tea. And I'm like, is this really tea? I, I feel like, okay, sure, fine. So <laughs> this I, might be like slightly warm water, but tea, right. I feel like you're giving it a lot. Also, yeah. real quick. So like, so yeah, so there, there are these women that like Drew, I mean, I guess like he didn't really break up with them. Just It was like basically a situation where like he would Drew date each of them for bad. around two months. Yeah. And then he would be, have this conversation with them and be like, you know, I feel like we should just be friends. Like I really value this time together, but let's like be friends. And so it was right. like very amicable. So they still fuck with Drew. But, I like, guess. it's a pattern that Alexa's like, fuck, I'm next. I'm not really sure. The, again, the friend group just doesn't make any sense to me. Like, besides Drew dating all it, like, are you guys, I'm not sure. I guess it's because he doesn't talk to any of them in this party yeah. scene that I'm not sure how they're all friends. Anyway, so Alexa starts to ignore Drew at the party, and she's, like, forcing a smile with all these, like, folks and trying to, I don't know be amiable but i'm like i don't know why alexa you're doing all this or trying it also felt right. like watching like laguna beach or the hills and i was like i don't subscribe to this also real quick I'm, i know we're gonna have a discussion but real quick like can we like can we talk about the fact that alexa like feels this like compulsion to smile at everyone and yeah. be like aggressively like positive around them like it's like they don't really go into the psychology behind that but it's like it's kind of it's honestly kind of creepy to read like it's just like Alexa, like that whole exchange with Mike, like she was like, you know, at one point, like she was just kind of fucking with him. Was, like, and like, because he asked, like, oh, where are your parents from? And she was like, oh, like Northern California, like knowing that he meant something else. Yeah. Um, and she was like, in her monologue, she was like, yeah, like, and at this point, I just responded and I didn't even care if I was smiling or not. And I'm like, but why would you need to smile though? Well, I think like when you're a black woman in society, people just, <laughs> people can just get really kind of wild. I was thinking this like book makes me think about the amount of times people of various races and ages have just like kind of gotten wild mm -hmm. and they're they're looking for this kind of emotional satisfaction from you. It's kind of the hard thing about the angry black woman. It's not just that you get penalized like people are almost waiting for your response and it, mm -hmm. you can you can feel them waiting. So you almost have this like smile as a sense of like you're not going to get that from me. And it's mm -hmm. frustrating. I, I, I have this theory about how it like how how like it can i don't know dampen your like emotions and kind of like hurt you on the other side of it but i, I do understand the sort of like you're trying to get me i'm not gonna get guy mm. and it, it's 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 that not it's a sexism that i don't think white woman or any woman who's like really not honestly who doesn't have this like angry stereotype has to face because you being feisty or angry kind of just gets people to be like, ooh, like, ooh, I kind of like that. But when we do it, it's like, ha, ha, ha. Like, I got her to react. Like, ha, 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 angry black woman. Like, blah, blah, blah. And you're gotcha, like, gotcha, okay. Gotcha. So I think that's where, I that I read and I kind of understood where she was coming from. Okay. Um, and it's, yeah, especially when you're in this space. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing that people want to talk about. Like, Alexa has most likely had to deal with these spaces a lot. And when you're... Mm -hmm like how do i say this when like heteronormative woman circles especially i feel like she's writing like almost 2006 
social dynamics, even though she's writing this book in like 2018, mm-hmm. especially there, there's a lot of like, you get points for being like the girl who's not like the mean one, like the one who's like, oh, mm. oh no, what? they're being mean to me. And you're like, oh God. And so sometimes like <laughs> you, that, well, that really, really hurts you when you're the, when you're the black woman who's like, has a stereotype of angry. Cause the second you're angry, people right. are like, Ooh, why are you attacking <laughs> this helpless, right. defenseless blonde woman? And you're like, I truly, it's kind of like that picture of like Serena Williams when like the other girl was black that she was playing mm-hmm. in tennis. And then in the, like the comic depiction, like they make Serena this like angry, like almost like, apish character and then the woman is like this like Mm. blonde woman who's like what am i doing and you're just like none of this is accurate but that's the portrayal and so it's it's you kind of like have this you're stuck between a rock and a hard place um so Mm. anyway but back to the plot sorry (laughs) social social (laughs) dynamics with akko (laughs) um um, so anyway, so she's being like, basically, I still 100% agree with all of Alexa's behavior. Like, I don't actually, I feel like she's like pretty passive aggressive in this. So she, she starts ignoring Drew, which is like fine. But I'm like, at this point, I'm just, in my opinion, I would just go home. But she right. starts talking to Carlos and then, who I love. I, I don't know why Carlos is at this party, but he is. And yeah. So, like, <laughs> it seems like not his vibe, but whatever. Right, like, Carlos whatever. So he and, she and she and Carlos are talking, like kicking, having a good time, and then Jew's like, <gasps> "Someone else is providing you like emotional security and attention. I am angry, and you must be sleeping with him." And literally, everyone's like, "How does that make it make sense, Drew? Make it make right. sense?" And he was like, "I literally. will grab your wrist and force you upstairs." And I was like, "Again, I Which, yikes, yeah, I'm like, I'm not really didn't like that. I right the second again, I don't, <laughs> I don't like being grabbed. I don't like being forced upstairs. You're upstairs. You mean where I had to take the stairs down to get out? No, 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 no." if we're in a fight and we haven't communicated we can talk maybe like five steps away from everyone for privacy's sake but i'm certainly not leaving the area to go do i want to oh absolutely not absolutely not so they try to have a conversation but alexa's like i've already i'm already not supposed to be up here with you to be honest with you so she leaves and then oh no they both leave because drew has to go to the hospital because there's been an emergency and so right. they, and I was like, I got an Uber. I would be like, I can get an Uber or maybe Carlos will drive me home. The way this Uber set up, listen, come on. Right. <laughs> you got to be fucked up. Right. I'd be like, Carlos is here. Maybe Carlos can drive me. But um, instead. Dr- shit. <laughs> right. We can get tacos. Anyway. So then they <laughs> get in the car together and they're talking and Alexa's like, you know, maybe, like, I don't know. She gets mad at him and he's like, why are you assuming all these bad things about me? It's like, what do you assume bad things about Alexa? Like literally every single day. And she He's like he's Correct. like when you were like pushed dinner back because you had to like work with someone to like write one sentence i didn't call you like a workaholic bitch and so you're like <laughs> tell us how yeah. you really feel like i'm like i i the book keeps going apparently this is not enough to just end it i literally would have been like you can stop the car i have a phone mm-hmm. the right. airplane is that the airport is that way i will see you never like i don't what yeah. <laughs> I don't. Like he literally called her completely out her name and i'm like when does alexa ever come at you like that that's what, what i'm saying when does she ever disrespect you zero like that? times and this boy's over here saying stuff like well why are you rewarding people who commit crime i i <laughs> you want to call me a workaholic bitch i cannot anyway so he's like i didn't mean that that's not what i meant to say also i have a problem with that too you fix your mouth I didn't mean to say that is not an excuse when you've started cursing at someone. We're very far from, I didn't mean to say that is like, 
I didn't. That, that's first of all, I don't know what kind of that. I just no. So he's like, I didn't mean to say that. That's not how I really feel. And he's like, I had to go to the hospital, but please don't leave. Like, please don't leave. Like, just stay. And she's like, mm-hmm. for some reason, is like, okay. So he goes to the. Maybe it's because of the kid and the and the cancer. I I could see that being like, I it's just I can't just. Like, but it wasn't them. even for Jack. It wasn't. It was like some random oh, yeah. surgery. It was literally random. As also, that's I don't think that's how surgery works. Like, I think you schedule surgeries. I'm, I'm not sure how this guy had a random. <laughs> anyway, I have, a, I have questions. So <laughs> so the, he comes back. They have sex without talking about anything. It's a really kind of not my favorite scene because she's like, Drew, I can't do this anymore. Like, we need to break up. And then they just like start making out. And then I'm like, this is not how we solve problems. People use your words. Um, right. And don't do this. So then. And the next morning, Alexa just hops, skips, and backs to Berkeley and is no longer there. And Drew's like, no. And then Alexa and Maddie, that's not what happened. Drew doesn't say any of those things. But Alexa and Maddie are, <laughs> are talking. And, and Alexa's like, I just don't know what I'm doing. And Maddie's like, yikes. And then Carlos and Drew get into a fight. Because, Car- again, Carlos, being the real OG, needs to get new right. friends, is like, true what are you doing and he's just like oh man blah 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 and carlos is like i'm gonna go home so then right. there's this <laughs> subplot that comes up with the teen art center again which i guess is technically not a subplot but anyway so theo's like <laughs> like, girl, like a major plot point <laughs> it's true <laughs> um but then, so Theo and her are talking. I mean, the controversy, like, there's some controversy, but, like, not really. So Theo right. and um and her are talking, Alexa are talking. And Theo's like, maybe we should get Olivia in, which is kind of what Drew said, which is, like, the only helpful thing Drew has said this whole book. And she's yep. like, yeah, I guess that's true. And so then finally Carlos was like, yo, honestly, Drew, you like this girl. For some reason, none of us can fathom. She still likes you. And maybe you have absolutely no problems. You literally haven't explained why you have commitment issues and what's wrong because you treat people very poorly, but you have no reasoning or like background behind that that justifies that behavior. So if you want, you could just, you know, be in a good relationship with someone who for some reason has decided to still care about you or you could just like continue being terrible. And he's right. like, yeah, I guess I am kind of awful. So then he like, oh yeah, Alexa, <laughs> Alexa calls Olivia and apologizes for their childhood. And Olivia's like, we were children. Um, honestly, it's fine. I'm literally a partner at my law firm and 32 years old. So maybe Olivia's not in this book because she doesn't like get down with shenanigans. Like maybe she's just like, <laughs> maybe, maybe Olivia's like who we should look towards. But right. you know. <laughs> maybe Carlos and Olivia should get together. Like, oh, oh, that's a fan. Oh. <laughs> No, there's not, enough, cute. there's not enough plot development for either character. Yeah, there anyway. isn't. I actually don't know either of those characters. Um, Truly not. But continue. Anyway, so <laughs> Drew... Oh, yeah. So then Drew runs into Abby, who's the, the mother of the sick child. And she's dealing with her child having cancer. But Drew's like, you know, me and Alexa are having a hard time. And Abby's like, I suppose I can give advice. I mean, I have other things happening in my what? life, but... Yeah, please. Bruh. Your problem. <laughs> this shit took me clean the fuck out. I was like, your child has leukemia, and you really sitting here counseling Drew on how to like just use his right. words? Like, are you serious? Like, oh my. I'm like, sure. And so she's yeah. like, maybe okay, you should talk to your girlfriend who seemed really nice and was very helpful, and there's like no problems with her. And Drew's like, yeah, yeah, good point, good point. So then Drew flies to LA because this relationship is really based on the fact that all of them are just very wealthy flies to LA and Alexa is giving a speech for her art project 
because I guess that's going to convince people to do it. I don't honestly that also this plot line is like when you're watching a show about like I don't know. It, it, it this this doesn't make any sense. Like I don't know what she's giving a speech about and how that will convince anyone. But I'm really glad that she's doing it because I also believe in the arts for black and brown kids. But I, I can't say that the through line makes much sense here. Anyway, so she's giving the right. speech. Olivia's there and she talks to Drew and she kind of has like two to zero cents to say to Drew. She's like, I mean, I don't care for you, but like if you want to date my sister, like good, good thing you're here because otherwise you would have like zero chance. And so right. then Drew's like, I brought you some donuts. And she's like, I do love donuts. I suppose I am pleased. And then I, I, I <laughs> yes, don't know. <laughs> I, I don't know. I guess like that was the resolution. And then he's like, I love you. And then they get married. Oh, they get engaged. And that's yeah the story. Oh, not yeah, Drew funny. and Alexa. Just <laughs> <laughs> Which, mind you, let's like Alexa literally has been hyping this arts program the entire book and they have the meeting and like Drew comes up to her afterwards and they like talk about it and later get engaged, whatever. But at the actual meeting itself, like Alexa was like, you know what? Like, let's just go home. Like, let's just like fuck, like whatever, whatever. And I'm like, your sister flew from literally Again. across the country. Yes. And she she is celebrating with your coworkers. Right. I think the bare minimum you could do is go to. Like, I think you could stomach being there for a little bit just to, like, this is know. your but Thanks. of course drew's here but i mean it's like drew does to to his defense i guess drew is like no like like let's go to the party like let's like you know celebrate with your co-workers and she was like see this is why i love you because like yeah. you think that my t- like time i spend with friends is important and i'm just like does he <laughs> this book i'm like oh it's over okay bet i was like i'm not i'm like i just can't even fucking like jesus christ <sighs> yeah so yeah so they get engaged and, and that's the end they have this like thing where they like set up this elevator and they're like like drew puts like flowers and like shit in it, and he like gets like crackers and cheese and he's like this time the crackers and cheese are on me and i'm just like <laughs> Mercy's woo, and i'm just like i hate this so much <laughs> but luckily the next thing was the acknowledgments, and I was like, "Look at God! Look at God! Just showing out! I am done! Look at me being done! Oh, look at me! Never! Oh my God! We are done!" So, um, yeah, yeah. Well, that's that's the book for you. And we're gonna take mm-hmm. a quick break, and when we come <laughs> back, Christ. we'll jump into more discussion with Tracy. Yes, we shall. Yes, we shall. See y'all in a bit. We're back. Yes, so, we are. Yes. We will now be discussing the book. Um, I think we're just going to start off with a kind of round table. We all just give our thoughts on it. Mm-hmm. And since I have started, I guess I can go first. <laughs> I, <laughs> since I'm here already. <laughs> um, I, I did not love this book. I think that last episode we talked about, well, you know, maybe this is just a planet in a solar system. And if it works for you, that's great. And it's just kind of your story. And there's still some truth to that. I think if this is your life and this works for you and you like the plot points, that's fine. For me, I wish I wish Alexa and Drew's relationship had more substance to it. I don't mm. I wish there was something there between the two of them. It kind of just felt it was if they couldn't fly back and forth to see each other, which is again, plane tickets cost so much money. I, I don't on. think that this 
they, I don't think they communicated well enough to sustain any type of real relationship. And then, I don't know, Drew's jealousy really got on my nerves. I thought yeah. he just was unnecessarily jealous. And again, mm-hmm. you can't just show up people's houses. Okay, hey, I know you're distraught, Drew, but you cannot just fly to Berkeley <laughs> when you're upset in the middle of a weekday. Ask you other lives. Maybe my apartment is too messy for that nonsense, but I also just feel like <laughs> it's too much. So I didn't love it. I, I wish that their discussions about race had been a little less surface level. I feel like Drew kind of didn't really have to, I don't know, confront anything about race. He just kind of right. didn't have to. And I guess he thought about it minutely um but yeah i don't know in my mind carlos and and alexa get together and drew is in like this purgatory where he has to watch his best friends get married to um but in any case that was my thoughts got you got you okay i guess i can go so sort of like similar thoughts like i i mean i wasn't like a huge fan of this book like i think like you said, like if this is like, you know, if there are certain like models or scripts in this relationship that like, you know, resonate with you, like that's totally fine. Like it's just, I think for me, just the way I kind of visualize like my own ideal sort of like romantic relationship, like this just was not it. But more than that, yeah, I kind of just think that there were just, I don't know, there's just like problems in their relationship. Like it seemed like there were issues in terms of like, I mean, communication, like my God, like, oh my God, like everyone needs to sit down and just learn to communicate because there was just so many times where it was just like, people just wouldn't talk. And I'm like, if y'all just like were vulnerable with each other, with each other, I feel like that would save you a lot of mess. And so, I don't know, I think kind of witnessing that was a little bit like, and I'm not sure if by the end they learned how to do that. I mean, I guess kind of. I mean, when Drew came to Berkeley and was like, oh, like, I love you. And it became more like transparent. So I guess there's some growth there. But more than that, I think I kind of wanted to see a bit more character development just in terms of other aspects. Like, for example, Alexa has, I mean, you mentioned like Drew's jealousy. Like Alexa, for example, like feels like pretty insecure in like different ways, like about her body and things like that. And I kind of, and maybe this is just like my own personal projection, but I, I, I do wish that by the end, like she kind of did develop a healthier relationship, like just with herself. and have that kind of just exist independently of Drew. And so that was something that I kind of wanted to see a bit more of. And like, I don't know, I just feel like they would just have sex to like avoid having conversations. It just seemed, I don't know. It just, <laughs> it was just kind of messy. And I was just like, bro, this is like, uh, like, uh, mm, like, <laughs> just like a lot going on. And also like, you know, I would have loved personally just to see a lot more of Olivia. Like I know we see her at the very beginning oh, yeah. or end of the book, but Olivia seems like interesting. Like, I don't know. I would have loved to kind of like have had more build up with like her and Alexa's relationship. And I think at the end, like their closeness was really cute and that really resonated. And it was just moments like that, that I was just like, I feel like they can exist in tandem. Like, I feel like we can have whatever these moments with Drew and Alexa, but also too like these like meaningful moments with like, you know, their friends just to kind of have it feel more fleshed out. Like, like have it feel mm. more like okay these people are like independent and like they're they have like banter and like cute things but also it's like you know they're like in themselves whole especially since i was doing some research apparently they're like i guess this is like a series and like in future a book, series yeah like they like rotate who the protagonist is so i want to say in the what? proposal like carlos and it's like carlos and somebody i'm not sure if the if his partner in that book was even in this book but like it's like carlos i don't think and, so it's carlos oh, really? and some random girl okay <laughs> so like it was carlos and then there's another book where like theo and like maddie have a thing which sounds like low-key really i don't know like it's just like i would have loved to see more of that here i guess just like yeah. kind of more development there but um but yeah i don't know i just like, i wasn't like a huge fan of this book like i mean it was a light read like it wasn't like that deep but it was just kind of like right. oh girl this relationship is a, it's a, little, a little messy but um but yeah but tracy what did you think Okay, I guess I'm coming down slightly different than you guys. And I sort of liked the book. I thought it was like kind of cute. I mean, 
to be fair, it's a romance rom-com. Like it's mm-hmm. pretty like light. And right. so I felt mm-hmm. like I actually felt like the discussion of race in this book was done kind of well because it wasn't a super heavy-handed thing because mm-hmm. their relationship wasn't like a super intense relationship like based on what we saw. So I kind of like that she threw that in there because I don't feel like as the author of like a romantic comedy, you have to address that. And I thought it was kind of like right. a nice little touch that she did. Cause I feel like other authors would have easily let that not be part of it at all. Mm. Um, so for me, that was actually like one of the things I liked about the book. Cause I also, one of the things I hate is when a book has one tone, but then they try to like talk about social justice issues and get all serious. And you're like, wait a second. Like <laughs> you guys are eating donuts at Santa Monica pier. Like we're, like <laughs> you guys can't even tell each other that you like each other. I highly doubt that you guys are getting into deep conversations about like yeah, police brutality. You know what I mean? Like so for me, right. but like that fit. Is there a book that has a much more intense conversation about interracial relationships that I would like? Like for sure, yes, I would also read that book. But for me, that part didn't bother me too much. Mm-hmm. Um one of the things that I didn't like about the book, and I think this is like we talked about earlier, just part of romance books, is that you know that there's going to be a happy ending. And so it just felt like the middle just felt like it dragged on for me. Ooh, like I was like, real. how many times are you guys going to get in these like little fake fights? Like, I know you're going to get back together. So like, what am I doing here? Like, I didn't need like eight <laughs> fights. Right. <laughs> Like, I was just kind of like, okay, like, this could have been like a casual, like, 175 page book, and I would have felt really good. It would have been really tight. And I would have been like, yay, Drew and Alexa, like, congratulations. But when they go to the wedding and are already like having sex, like, 60 pages in, I was like, wait, there's so many more babies. (laughs) (laughs) Like, are there other wedding dates? Like, is this like a short story collection? Where are we going? Yeah. Um, So, for me, that was probably like the biggest drawback is just. Like they're so predictable, but as mm-hmm. far as like, I mean, I see what you guys are saying about like wanting to know more about what their dates were like, and like maybe not having to have so many sex scenes. Which mm-hmm. yeah, but I will also say this in defense of the book, as someone who lives in LA and is from Oakland, which is right next mm-hmm. to Berkeley, flights are cheap on Southwest and oh. they're very quick. And I have done trips up to the Bay Area and back down in one day in my lifetime. Oh, wow. So yeah. I'm just letting you know that that's okay. actually not as unrealistic as you might think. But they're, mm-hmm. they're, they can be as cheap as like $49 each way. Oh, oh my. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. And like right. Drew's a doctor. Alexis, a lo- like, I mean, yeah, they're like, not I, really. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's a little excessive. Just kind of like stay home for a little bit. Like, you know, absence makes the heart grow fonder. But it wasn't right. <laughs> it wasn't wildly because the flight is only like 45 minutes from LA okay. to Oakland. Got so it's really you, not you. like that you would take, you could take longer time driving from Santa Monica to Hollywood than you would like doing that flight. Okay. That actually is helpful context. That's actually really helpful. Cause I was like, bro, they are really t- getting on these. Like, Fine, back <laughs> like I figured they, the flights are slightly longer than that. I was like, oh, are these like two hour flights? Like, what is this? Like, I was like, they were just so readily jumping on these planes, but okay. That makes sense. That makes sense. But here's the thing. If we add TSA plus the wait time, plus the delays, I was like, oh my God, every time I have to go through TSA, that is a trip. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't know if I could sustain this. You need to get <laughs> TSA pre-check. What are you doing? Ah, you see that's what Drew and, and Alexa were doing. That's what we didn't clock, was that they had the yeah. pre-check. 
That's oh a good I mean, point. yeah. I mean, you know, it does take a little bit of time to go through the whole thing, but in the truth of it, like I have definitely taken a flight first thing in the morning and come back later that same night before. Ah, mm. that's fair. Okay. But okay, so then here's my follow-up question. When Drew uh-huh. flies to her house and uh, he doesn't fly to her house, he flies to the airport and then goes to her house and just shows up. I was like, I would be freaked out. Like I was like, this is not romantic. How please go away. <laughs> um, <laughs> well, I don't know. I think like sure, but also like, don't you watch romantic movies? I feel like that's like such a thing as like showing up at the person's house to like tell them true. how much you like them or like to mm. be there for them in their moment or whatever it is. Like I feel like that's like I feel like that's like a trope, you know, like here oh, we are is. making this happen. Like the reason that I was able to enjoy this book, I think, is because I was able to sustain spend disbelief on a lot of things and just pretend like I was watching how to how to lose a guy in 10 days you know like that movie's so ridiculous and like there's so many parts of that movie where you're like what but if you can just be like hey it's Matthew McConaughey and like he's looking mighty fly and that yellow dress is beautiful and like frost yourselves in diamonds like it's great right that's a good point that's a no, good that's, point. That's actually so real, yeah. Because like I literally was reading that, and I was just like, so, so, so we just rolling up, like we just rolling up at Alexa's apartment. I was like, bro, if she wasn't there, like what would have happened next? But um, it's a grand gesture. I think that's what they call it—a grand gesture. Oh my that's god. True. <laughs> it's so silly. But Akko, you said you um, there was something that you wanted to kind of talk about. Oh in general. yeah. I guess now I'm like, now I think I'm just fighting the the premise of a rom-com now that I think about it. Because I was like, there's so many assumptions here. Like, I feel like it's assumed that Drew wouldn't want to be in a relationship and that Alexa does. And that's like, because I think there's a point where Carlos was like, of course, any girl would respond to that. And I'm like, is that... Is that true, though? Like, I, I feel like we're all just assuming what people want out of relationships instead of just talking to each other. Right. And so when, like, Alexa would get mad, I was like, okay, wait, but isn't everybody here grown? Like, can't we all just, I understand that like getting your feelings out is difficult. <laughs> you know, it's not, it's not the easiest task, but I was like, I, I didn't believe what they were upset about. And then for Drew, I was like, Drew, what is your damage? Like, what is your issue? That is like, mm. if you don't want to be in a relationship with anyone, that's fine. But you act like you do. It's not like, Oh, when I was dating Maddie or whoever it was, he was dating who dated his, his Molly. friend, Molly, Molly, my bad. When I was dating Molly, like, I don't know. Like I, I was expecting the wedding between his best friend and his ex to have like some effect on him, and that's like why he was this way. But <laughs> mm-hmm. I feel like halfway through the book, I was like, "Did that wedding happen?" Like it clearly has had no effect on him, and so I couldn't understand. <laughs> anyway, that was right. me. <laughs> got you, got you. Yeah, like I think that would have also been kind of interesting to see, just like what, like where that comes from, like. Like, I think, for example, we can understand where a lot of Alexa's insecurities come from, but even just, like, this, like, aversion to, like, commitment and vulnerability and all of that, it's just, like, I'm, like, I guess this is actually an interesting question. Like, is that, like, is that such a widely experienced cultural phenomenon that, that like, even needs to be explained? Or is it just, like, something that, like, mm. it would have made sense to, like, kind of give it more context? Because, I like, I think, I mean, just in my own personal life, like, I've, like, witnessed and also kind of experienced to a certain extent the same similar, like, even if, for example, like one person is like okay with commitment and things like that, there is kind of this cultural assumption that things should be casual. And like, I feel like casual, quote unquote, oh. like always kind of polices 
the extent to which people can like just be themselves. And so you kind of get situations like this where it's like clearly not casual, but everyone's like, oh, but like I'm casual and like like I'm fun and like it's like it's cool. But it's like, but it like, but like I'll clearly feel more than that. So like I feel like y'all should just talk about it. But I think sometimes it's hard when it's like you know, there's like a stigma around like catching feelings or like, you know, just doing too much, you know, like, I I guess it's like, I, it's, it's just very ironic that it's like culturally, like relationships can be so prescriptive and like, so like widely, like, like aggressively, like put onto other people as things that they should aspire for. But at the same time, it's like, I guess in the buildup before it's like a declared, presumably monogamous relationship, like there's like this weird, like, oh, but like, don't do too much. It's like, but wait, but like, how are we supposed mm. to, like, how are we supposed to do that if we can't, like, we can't just like, like literally just be like, hey, I like you. Like, I actually like you. Like, I think we should, you know, maybe <laughs> like talk about that. Um, Tracy, I don't know. What do you, what do you think about that? Well, I think that that is a real thing for sure. Um, of like someone wanting the relationship to be casual. Like, I don't think it's just like something that's in romances. Like, I think it's like a real mm-hmm. life thing. I right. don't, I mean, I'm, did they ever say how old Drew and Alexa are? I think they're in like their low 30s, maybe. Yeah, I feel like they're both in like their like, yeah, low 30s. Okay. Yeah. Cause I was kind of thinking like, that's definitely feels like something like a 25 year old guy. Yeah. He's like that, like <laughs> yes. it's ascribed to, but I guess like they kind of, she kind of tells us like the reason that he's like that is because he fucked over. Can, sorry, can I swear? Oh, yeah, of course. Yeah, of we course. swear all the okay. time. Yes, please. Sorry. I, some people don't <laughs> swear on our podcast. Um, <laughs> because I, I swear on mine. Um, because he had like fucked over Molly that he felt so bad about what he did to her that he just like never wanted to be in a relationship again. So he was always like okay. trying to get out of relationships before it got to be too serious. Like right. that was kind of the sense that I got. Um, mm-hmm. I do agree with you, Akko, that like there are assumptions that are in the book that we're just supposed to like roll with. And again, I mean, I don't know, maybe I'm like just really making excuses for the book, but I feel like that's just like how this, this genre works. Do you know what I mean? Mm. Like, like no one's like, I agree with you. And I also feel like no one's expecting that, but maybe there are some like amazing romance books, like rom-coms where they actually function in a real life space, you know? And like, Mm. there isn't all this weird assumption and like, there isn't all this, like question marks or like why is drew so jealous and like why does alexa have to be so insecure you know like like maybe there is a world where a book like that exists where it is really flushed out and feels progressive in that way but i also feel like i also wonder if like then those books get to be too long like you don't want your Mm. romance book to be 600 pages you know (laughs) Like it's kind of like, okay, we get it. You guys go down on each other a lot. Like, (laughs) but one of the things that I really liked about this book, and I think it's Mm -hmm. so minor, but I really appreciated it as a black woman is that Alexa eats food and has curves and like eats Mm -hmm. food. And I fucking like that. Like I eat food and I also have curves and like, I am by no means like shaming people for any way that their body looks like or what they eat. But it's Mm -hmm. so rare that we get to see a female love interest who is black and has Mm -hmm. curves and loves pizza and tacos and donuts and isn't apologizing for eating that food. Like we don't see her being like, oh, my God, I have to have a smoothie today. Because I ate so bad last night. And I really appreciated that because I think that that's super empowering in a way that is really real for a lot of women. Mm. Mm. 
That's a good point. I think I have to admit, Marcy, this is our first rom-com that we've read. So perhaps- I, This is only my <laughs> is second true. rom-com that I've ever read in my life. Oh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, but you're making a good point. And I'm like thinking about what does the scope of other rom, like romantic books look like? And you're right, Tracy. There's probably not a ton of them in which they're like allowing for people of bigger sizes or like, you know, a story where like the woman isn't like, I don't know how like the Harley Quinn novel section of, you know, Barnes and Nobles looks, but I have a feeling mm. and <laughs> it's very scripted. So you're right. This book is already kind of going off script in a way that I didn't think about. And plus an interracial yeah. relationship, I think, is also like pretty progressive in these spheres, given the history of savage and beautiful white women and like the way that interracial right. relationships have been treated in the past, mm. you know, like, like, yeah. So I don't know. I, I think there's a lot to this book on the big scope that is really mm-hmm. progressive and awesome. And I think there's a lot of parts of this book like the actual writing of it and like the scenes and moment to moment where there's like things Mm -hmm. that I could definitely nitpick, you know, but like on the whole, I feel like I'm glad this book exists in the world. I think it filled a space that maybe there wasn't. Mm. You see, this is why, this is why book clubs are a good idea because I feel like me and Marcy, we had a very, we were upset about this book (laughs) and kind of hearing a different perspective is, is helpful to hear, like to hear like, well, starting from where we were before, like this, you know, like this is actually giving more than is usually seen in a romantic comedy. But I guess what Mm. I crave is more. I crave more from Drew. I think Drew could have been better. Or we could have had a relationship between Carlos and the I I think that's what I want. If this is the starting point of where rom-coms and romantic books go, fine. Mm -hmm. But let it, like, not be the apex. Like... I don't right, know. Right, like, right, right, right. No, that's so real. Yeah, like yeah. just in addition to like other other types of works. And that actually speaking of Drew, again, when I was reading the book, I was like, bro, we really given Drew a lot for like, <laughs> like things that, I, I don't know, just things that I would just expect of a partner or like someone that you were interested in. Like, you know, when he expresses a lot of interest in like Alexa's art program and like, you know, kind of, I guess, demonstrates more patience and things like that. Or like when they're at that party and like Mike asked Alexa that weird question about like, oh, like, where are you really from? And she was like, like, are we really doing this right now? And then like when she told Drew about it, like he believed her. Like, it's like they really frame those things as like, you know, Drew being like compassionate or really like lit basically. But I'm like, I guess for me, I'm just like, is Drew like an actually good guy or is it just like the standards of men or it's just like so low that it's like, mm-hmm. fuck. Like it's like even something as simple as this, which to me seems basic, like is like low key revolutionary because of the status quo. And like that was just something that I was just kind of like. Perhaps it's just like a bigger thing just in terms of like, I guess just like maybe perhaps how how Aqua and I see relationships. But like, you know, even for example, like when they talk a lot about like this idea of like overthinking, like Maddie's always telling like Alexa, like, oh, like you always think too much. Like, just like don't overthink it. Like, just like relax or whatever, whatever. It's just like, I don't know. But I think for me, sometimes it's like, like looking at the details, like looking at the like minute attributes of this relationship i feel like it's like helpful and like in a lot of ways protective of like like i feel like people usually see red flags when they're like quote overthinking right and it's just like but then it's like oh like whatever like let's just like push that away and it's just kind of like for me i guess it made me feel a bit dismayed that like something as minor as this is like really being lauded so much it just seems so disproportionate with the action itself like i was just kind of like i don't see why drew is getting so much 
for so little and like at the same time disrespects Alexa all the time but like you know assuming these things about like her and Carlos or like her and Theo and like just making or even just calling her like That's a workaholic true. bitch that one time like Drew oh does a God. lot of like wild disrespectful shit to Alexa but like somehow these other characteristics are seen as more it's like oh like he's a great guy though because other guys are trash and it's just like ugh Ooh. Yeah, <laughs> like I was just like, yikes. Um, <laughs> I, I think too, it's just like for me, yeah, like having this be sort of like a newer genre that I'm kind of like. like I actually am curious to read more romance. Like I think it would actually be like a really beautiful thing. But um, just like as an introduction, I'm like, this is uh, it's interesting. I don't, I don't even think Alexa overthinks that much. Like to be honest with you, mm. like. I don't know. I feel like sometimes people say, oh, you're overthinking things. And I'm like, wasn't this the minimum amount of thinking? Wasn't this just a bear? <laughs> minimum thought. Because um, I think about stories like When Harry Met Sally, right? And I like, that's a pretty, that's a pretty rom-com-y rom-com. I mean, I think Harry runs at New Year's Eve. He like runs up to Sally. And Sally's like, I can't do this anymore, Harry. And Harry's like, and she's like, you just want someone to kiss on New Year's Eve. Now everyone's like, oh, Akko actually does like the rom-coms. And she apparently does <laughs> but um and he's like no it's not that i just want someone to kiss on new year's eve it's because if you love someone you want to be with them right then and right now and it's like very dramatic but i love that story and i think i love it because actually mercy similar to yours they're friends Mm -hmm. for a really the story like pans a really long time and harry is kind of a bad person i'm not gonna lie harry's like kind of a jerk but (laughs) over time their relationship he has quirks and she has quirks and they accept things about each other and and then they love each other and it's i i really liked it but Mm. i I feel like that's the the catharsis i'm missing from this book i just want something that lets me know that these two actually like each other (laughs) yeah i just hearing you think made me think of something i've been thinking a lot about why i really like rom-com movies but i don't necessarily i haven't really like loved any romance books that i've read and i think Mm. part of it for me is that the amount of time that i spend reading a book is too much to invest in something where I already know where it's going. Whereas Got with a rom-com you. movie, it's only like two hours or like, I don't know if it's bad, it's two and a half hours. But like there's, <laughs> I, if, for, for people who don't know me, I am really huge on things that are short. I think a short book, a short movie, I think like 90 minutes is a great film and I think 200 pages is a great book. But mm-hmm. that's besides the point. But I think because we invest less time in a movie and like it's less strenuous on our brain I think that we might be more forgiving because when I think about a lot of the rom-coms that I like and Akko this like what you were saying made me think of this is that because I think these movies are geared towards women and I mean that kind of in a fucked up gender kind of way like a stereotypical Mm. woman like that we are supposed to relate to the female character. So she's often not given as many like flaws, but because the love story is the central focus of the book or the movie, we have to have the like tension and the flaws be within the love interest, right? Like not the protagonist, but the the love interest, whoever that is. And so Mm -hmm. I feel like that is why someone like Drew does a bunch of shitty things because that's where the conflict comes from. But because that's the person we have to still turn around and really like, we have to be told how great they are and how hot they are because otherwise we would just be like, Mm. you're a shitty person and you're annoying and like, don't date him. (laughs) Right. (laughs) And I think like sometimes in rom-coms, like at least in movies, there's another, like a third party person that they're interested in and so you can kind of use that like that person's not who we thought they were or maybe that person's really really great but they're so great they're boring so you kind of need like if you think of like the wedding 
planner with J-Lo and Matthew oh. McConaughey. Like, you know, she really loves Matthew McConaughey, but he has a, he's getting married to the other, whatever her name is, that pretty blonde woman. And, mm-hmm. and she's supposed to be with Alex Karev, Massimo guy, Justin Chambers, but he's like, loves her, but he's, she's not into him. And so that's where the conflict comes from. But there's still mm. like Matthew McConaughey's character is still like kind of an asshole, you know? Mm. So I think that like, maybe yeah. there's something in that, like you need to have conflict within the love interest character so that the person we're supposed to relate to they're conflicted and we're like not sure what's going to happen and we're rooting for her because if Alexa was an asshole back to Drew I think we'd be like this is a terrible relationship like (laughs) she's so mean to him and he's so mean to her and like is the sex that good but with him being like you know like but with her being lovely and then him being kind of like a jerk sometimes but also great sometimes it gives Uh, her that inner conflict okay I don't know I'm I'm working that out as I go right now, as but I just, see, I yeah. do think maybe there's something in that because we're supposed to relate to whoever that female lead is in this case. Mm. Uh, actually, Tracy, I see what you're saying. It kind of going back to your point. It's like a, for a woman stereotypically, it almost like sometimes I feel like it's like you're assuming that a woman could not, not you, but like sometimes I feel like the rom-com genre assumes that like we couldn't like read ourselves as flawed and still like the you know what i mean like i I wish we could well like like alexa could be less nice like you know she could have gone to that party with heather like (laughs) real you know uh what's it called real housewives of atlanta and she could have poured some drinks on someone she could have yeah and and it's like but we're we're kind of stuck in this idea that like alexa has to be infallible because we're her and it's like but we're not infallible either right that's totally that's a good so one of the things i told you that i talked to this woman leah Koch. she's the owner of rip bodice the bookstore in la and one of the things she told me because they sell predominantly romance books and people could go and listen to this episode because she says everything way more eloquently than I can. But one of the things that she said that I thought was really interesting is that oftentimes when they do their book club events, the mostly women, but not all, who go to their book club events or like talk about the books, they often critique the female lead character way harder than they do the male character, even if the male character is an asshole. But there's like something in... I don't know, internalized sexism or whatever it is. I don't know. But she was saying that like, it's very common that when people start talking, they'll pick out all these little nitpicky things about the female love interest. Mm -hmm. And then the male love interest will kind of like let off the hook. And I thought that was super interesting. That's so interesting. Huh? With that in mind, that makes complete sense for like how not only, you know, the characters in this book are written, but also it just sounds like just in general, given the rom-com, oh that's interesting hmm but i don't i mean that's that's secondhand information again i this is only my second romance novel that i've ever read so like i can't really speak to my own opinion but i definitely thought that was an interesting piece of feedback because i was kind of picking on the female lead in the book that she and i read together and she said that Mm. that was really common but i was like well wait i haven't gotten to the guy yet because i (laughs) accused him (laughs) of rape so it's fine i was like no no i have i have stuff to say about him too (laughs) <laughs> sure. like, I am an equal opportunity critic. Everyone yeah, can get this flame. For sure. <laughs> right, I, like just starting. I just did like ladies first, you know, some real sexy <laughs> shit. That's fair. Oh my God. Oh my God. Oh. That was too funny. Yeah. It's just, um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's, it's so interesting. Cause yeah, like now I'm like, 
I'm just curious to read more. I'm curious to see what else is out there. I'm curious to see what other examples there are. Because um, even, I guess, to like a lesser extent, but still somewhat prevalent, like in other books that we've read for the Color Pages Book Club, like, like you know, you see relationships and, you know, different models and stuff. But it's just like, I think a lot about, for example, um, have you read Fifth Season by N.K. Jemisin by any chance? I have not. Okay, it's a it's a fantasy novel, and in it, there's a polyamorous relationship between some central characters. I won't spoil too much, but um, even just like reading through that, like I was just like, I remember sitting there and being like, wow, they just casual like there's just like casual polyamorous relationship. That's like not there's not this weird over explanation of like, oh my god, like what's happening? Like oh my god, like it was just like there were just three people that loved each other, so they just loved each other, and like life continued, and it was like totally fine. And so it's just like I, I would love to kind of read. Yeah, just like more other examples of like romance, just to kind of like see sort of like a similar normalization of just like different types of models and different types of relationships and things that maybe perhaps break out of sort of the quintessential sort of like romance, like tropes yeah, and things like that. I agree. Um, yeah. It would be nice to see more of different things. Because mm-hmm. I think this book is doing the work of like, oh, this is a black female character in a typically white female role. And you're like, that's great. We need to see more of that. I'm glad for the representation. Right. But also... Sometimes your different intersectionalities just means your life is just looks different. Like my life doesn't really ever look like getting stuck in an elevator with a very attractive white man who's a doctor <laughs> who wants to take me right. to his, you know, like the hills level of party somewhere. And so as much as it's like, yeah, but for, for some people that is their life and they would like to see that represented. But I also think, I guess it's back to more. I want more. I want more romance that are different. And maybe they mm-hmm. exist and we haven't read them yet. Maybe we will. Maybe. maybe, maybe. Um, so. Can I just maybe shout out a few books that I think that people Please. might like that are different protagonists and we're used to seeing of like white woman and and white yes. guy. So oh, there's yes, an author absolutely. named... These are all romance. These are all on my like TBR for romance, like books that I want to be <laughs> reading in the future. Um, uh-huh. So one of them is called Red, White, and Royal Blue, and it's by Casey McQuestin. And it's mm-hmm. um, the first son of the USA and then the Prince of England. So it's a queer rom-com. Huh. And that book has been really buzzy. There's also an author named Helen Huang, and she wrote The Bride Test and also The Kiss Quotient. And Mm -hmm. I've not read either of those, but The Kiss Quotient I know has to do with Asian protagonists. And also Mm -hmm. there's some sort of like autism or something on the spectrum. So there's a little bit of like that part is part of the book also, which I think is really interesting. Mm -hmm. And then there's a few other authors of color that I've heard of that are supposed to be really good, including Sherry Thomas. Her book that I think is the most famous is A Study in Scarlet Women, of Scarlet Women. Mm. And then also Alyssa Cole, who's also writes black characters. And Mm -hmm. then um, Alicia Rye, because she Mm -hmm. is Indian and writes romance books. Ooh. Wonderful. Okay, perfect. Yeah, I'll definitely, like when we're editing, we'll definitely go through and add this to the show notes because, yeah, those sound like some really meaty titles. Absolutely. Uh, Yeah, so like, I mean, if you're looking to like, I want to read some of those too just to see like to place Jasmine Guillory kind of like in Mm. perspective Mm. for myself because I've made a lot of assumptions, speaking of assumptions, Mm -hmm. about her book in the scheme of things, but mostly based on my love of romantic comedy movies, but I don't know a ton about romantic comedy books, so. Got you, got you. That's kind of the direction that I plan to go. And I also want to read The Proposal and read some of the other books in this series just to see if where this book fits in, 
you know, mm, the rest of the... Right, because this is also, if I'm not mistaken, her debut novel. So I'm sure, yeah, yeah like those subsequent titles, we can maybe, you know, things See will... See what perhaps, happens. You know, change or be the same or whatever. Um, That's true. But yeah, those are some great recommendations. Thank you for that, Tracy. Um, yeah, and I guess, that, yeah, readers. just also being mindful of time, I guess, as we sort of wrap up this discussion, were there any other thoughts that anyone wanted to sort of leave on the table before we before we wrap up? Yeah. No, I think I've said mostly everything I have okay. to say. <laughs> Wonderful, wonderful. Yeah, and I feel like Akko and I, I mean, I'll speak for myself. Like, yeah, I feel like I've, like, aired out the things. But I also do appreciate, yeah, like, kind of like Akko mentioned, like, having just different perspectives on the book present. Because, yeah, I definitely think it kind of helps to kind of put in perspective, like, sort of, like, talk about different ideas. And you've definitely helped me to sort of look at some attributes of the, of the book that are positive that I did kind of like look over because I was like bro Drew is so annoying like oh my god like, I cannot stand this man so yeah so thank you for that Akko did I you have agree. anything yeah I appreciate hearing different perspectives as well and I think it's because I didn't know there were also more so it'll be interesting to see like oh maybe if there's more books we'll learn more about the characters mm-hmm. and yeah I don't know I still don't love it but I don't know if I don't love rom-coms in general or if I just don't love this book. So like like Tracy's saying, like, yeah, it would be nice to kind of read some more and be like, okay, interesting, interesting. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. Wonderful, wonderful. Well, Tracy, thank you so much again. How can our listeners get in touch with you? Okay, well, you can listen to the podcast, The Stacks. Anywhere you get your podcasts, search The Stacks on Apple Podcasts or whatever. Um, mm-hmm. Leave a rating and a review if you like the show, please. I do most of my social media-ing on Instagram. Um, our handle is at The Stacks Pod, P-O-D. Um, mm-hmm. And then you can also find us on Twitter at The Stacks Pod underscore. And then there's a Stacks podcast page on facebook but that's just basically a repost of the instagram if i'm being honest <laughs> and we have a website the stackspodcast.com but uh-huh. instagram is like the most social media e that's where i'm the most active um nice. and then again the podcast is just called the stacks and we've got over 100 episodes well over hey, so come that, listen there's so much content for you to listen mm-hmm. to please check us out uh, amazing amazing well listeners y'all heard like yeah definitely well you check heard out it from our listeners because it's so lit so sorry Aka, what were we gonna say i was just gonna say yeah you heard her she's there's a hundred episodes so you know driving your car sitting on your couch taking a walk not going anywhere at all you can listen to all these episodes so yeah Exactly, exactly. So thank and you so I much. And I just want to say, sorry, can I just mm-hmm. say one more thing? Yeah, thank you guys so much for having me. This was so fun. So I really appreciate it. <laughs> oh, yeah, of, of course. course. Yeah, this is super fun. Like, <laughs> I definitely appreciated you being on the show. So thank you, yeah, for being down. And yeah, hopefully this can be the start of, you know, some a collaborative, um, mutually supportive relationship because this was everything. I really, really appreciate this. But to, I guess, like kind of going into our little bit of an outro. Um, so yeah, see you all. If there are any questions that you have for Akko and I, or even Tracy, feel free to shoot us an email at thesecoloredpages at gmail.com. We also have a Twitter at The Colored Pages. Um, we also have a website at thesecoloredpages.com. Real quick. So I know that like our website has gone through a few different iterations, but Akko and I actually recently added a corner to our website called Akko's Corner and Marcy's Corner, respectively where we post like reviews of like you know the books that we're reading or even just yes. like i mean books that are on the podcast or not um it just kind of give you some more like just like more of our thoughts like some additional yeah. content to chew on and perhaps in between episodes or things like that so definitely check out our website there's we're always updating it so there's a lot to check out and you know leave us a rating or review on apple Podcasts. we're trying to get to 25 before we release episode zero 
And I think that's it. Aka, is there anything that we should leave our listeners with before we head out? No, just until we see you next time, remember to stay stay colorful. colorful.